All right, well, I know some of you are new, so I want to emphasize something that we've talked about every week up till now, and I want to reemphasize it again, especially for you new folks. We don't support any negative comments about anyone here, nor do we support any kind of divisiveness of any kind. We want to experience the peace and the unity that only Jesus can bring. So we will not gossip, we will not slander, and we will not defend. We're not going to dwell on the past. We're going to press on and move forward, right? And look to what God has for us next. And it doesn't matter. I don't know what God's got for us next or what's in the future, but I'm going to praise him anyway, okay? So here on Wednesday nights, our focus will always be on loving God and loving people while in fellowship with each other, okay? That's what our purpose is, that right there. And I got to tell you, I am so excited to look out here and see all of these faces here in fellowship with one another. Kids, adults, it is awesome. There's even a puppy here tonight. Yeah, that is awesome. So I'm real excited for how this stuff is just unfolding. It's been four or five weeks now, and people are just showing up, and we're praising God together. This is what it's about in unity, doing fellowship together, this right here. So thank you all for coming. It is my honor to be here with you. So I hope you're as excited as I am. Are you? Cool. Hey, so we're going to be talking about choosing joy tonight. That's the title of the message, Choose Joy. And um, uh, how many of you need some joy in your life? Come on. Right? Yes, we all need some joy. But I'm going to flip the script on you tonight. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to talk to you about how you can have less joy how you can have less joy. I'm going to give you 20 surefire ways that can suck the joy right out of your life. All right? I was doing some research preparing for this message, and I saw this article, and I was like, oh, man, i got to share this with these guys. There was this article in which a lady copied this post from Facebook from a person named Amy Weatherly. So I want to give credit where credit's due to, to Amy for these 20 surefire ways that can suck the joy right out of your life. So you ready? All right, here we go. Number one, complain constantly. That will suck some joy, won't it? Complaining. Number two, be quick to anger and slow to forgive. Put a whole lot of pressure on yourself. Dwell on the bad. Number five, compare. Oh, man, boy, we like to compare ourselves with other people, don't we? Look what that person has. Look what they've done. Look at that. Look at me. Compare. That'll suck joy. Number six, stay glued to your phone. Hey, as you're going through here, think about which ones you're guilty of, okay? Staying glued to your phone. Number seven, be ugly to everyone around you. Okay. Number eight, hustle without resting. Fill your calendars up with meaningless stuff. Forget who you are and what you bring to the table. Try to control everything. Blame everyone else. Refuse to change. Refuse to learn. Refuse to listen. Refuse to grow and do better. Refuse help. Hold on to guilt. Hold on to bitterness. Take everything seriously. Let worry consume your mind. Expect the whole world to cater to you. And number 20, live for everyone else's approval. All of these will absolutely suck the joy right out of your life, won't they? And I know some of us have been guilty. I've been guilty of a lot of those at times. But that's a way to steal your joy right there. Hopefully you guys can identify with some of those. Now, there are two kinds of people in this world. 
There are joy suckers and there are joy sowers. Joy suckers, they suck the joy right out of life. Man, I love your shirt, Jenna, by the way. I like that. Lion and not sheep. How many of you guys are lions? Yeah, we don't want to be sheeple. We want to be lions. Okay, so joy suckers. It doesn't matter how great things are. These kind of people always manage to suck the joy right out of the room. Or if things aren't going well, joy suckers simply make it worse. I can remember a few years ago, actually it's been several years ago, that my wife and I were at a church and we were putting on a fundraiser to help support a couple of families who had lost some loved ones in a head-on collision. And we had put on this event and we'd rallied the church and the community and we raised over $7,000 to bless these families. So it was quite an effort and I remember my wife and I were in the back room and these people come up to us and they were like, hey Ian, are we going to... um, are we going to put on something like this every time somebody dies? I could just feel the joy being sucked right out of the room by that comment. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are we going to do this every time somebody dies? Talk about a joy sucker. That was it right there. Now, a joy sower. This is someone who, jo- who sows joy into everything and everyone. They sow joy into their own lives, and they sow joy into everyone else's lives around them. And you know what? Jesus was a joy sower. When Jesus was born, an angel announced to nearby shepherds, it says, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Every time Jesus healed someone, cast out a demon, or he forgave a sin, joy was the immediate result. It was his mission here on this earth was to make us right with God by his sacrifice on the cross. His death and his burial and his resurrection are the heart of the gospel message that has brought great joy all across the world for over 2,000 years now. So let me ask you, are you a joy sucker or are you a joy sower? That's a pretty serious question. Do you rob yourself and others of joy or do you encourage others and give joy? Something to consider. And you know, joy does not depend on our circumstances It is not a feeling, it's a decision. Joy is something we choose to do. It's also a fruit of the Spirit. If you go to Galatians chapter 5 and you read about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, those are all fruits of the Spirit. And we exhibit those by choosing to do that. That's how joy is. Hey, we choose. Now, joy is not something that always makes sense. But God does promise to provide it when we trust him. Proverbs 16.20 says, Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Man, I love that. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. You'll be full of joy if you trust the Lord. That's what King Solomon is saying here. And very similar to that, his father, King David, says this in Psalm 28.7. He says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. You see, David trusted in the Lord, and what was the result? His heart was filled with joy. You see, that's where joy comes from. It's from trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer for you today is the same prayer that the Apostle Paul had for the Romans in his day. He says this in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace 
because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome right there. You want to be filled completely with joy? Trust in the Lord. That's where it comes from. No matter what's going on in our lives, we can choose to have joy when we trust in Jesus. Some of you are going through some pretty messed up circumstances right now. I'm sure you've got loved ones that are battling some kind of health issue, right? You've got issues with finances that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a job issue. Whatever the issue is, you can choose to have joy by trusting in the Lord no matter what's going on. And so tonight we come to our main text, all right? We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And this text is going to give us five reasons that we can have joy. And what we're going to do here first is we're going to do a flyby. I'm going to read through all the verses, and then we're going to fly, and we're going to land, and we're going to park that craft, and then we're going to, we're going to go through each one of these verses one by one. All right? So here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So let's break this down together. Let's look at this because there's five reasons that you can have joy. In verse 3, Peter tells us that because of God's mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. That's the first reason that we can have joy right there. New birth into a living hope. You know, when you were born for the first time, all of us were born, right? Okay, we all had a physical birth. You see, when you were born, you were born into a dead hope. Right? You were born into a dead hope because birth, that kind of physical birth, ultimately leads to death. Everyone will ultimately die. But if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are born again into a living hope. This is a spiritual birth, and it's this living hope that Peter's talking about here when he says you've been given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are all born into this world as sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And also that the wages of sin is death. That's Romans 6.23. That's where sin ultimately leads. But God showed his great love for you and I by willingly going to the cross and paying the penalty for our sins. It was a penalty that you and I could never, ever repay. Jesus died in our place, and his resurrection on the third day from the dead is the reason that we can be born again into a living hope. That's the reason to have joy right there, isn't it? Man, we could pack up and go home right there just on that point alone by what Jesus did for us on the cross. But Peter doesn't leave it there. He goes on in verse 4. He gives us the second reason we can have joy. He talks about this inheritance 
that is imperishable, that is undefiled and unfading. It's kept in heaven just for you. He's talking about a perfect inheritance that we will one day receive when we go to heaven. Those of us who've accepted the Lord as our Savior. And here's what's cool. There will be no evil, no pain, no sickness, no worries, no fears forever. Isn't that awesome? That's reason to have joy. No matter what we experience here on this earth, if we can just see through our experiences, right, and look at that inheritance that we will one day receive, that is going to give us joy. And you know, that's exactly what Jesus did. That's how he was able to return to endure the cross. Okay, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Another translation would say, because of the joy set before him, he was able to endure the cross. You see, Jesus made it through horrible circumstances of his brutal death on the cross because he kept his focus on the joy that awaited him on the other side of the cross. And you see, that's a lesson for you and I. We have an inheritance in heaven, and there may be a lot that we've got to go through here on this earth to get to the other side, right, to that joy that awaits us on the other side. But let me tell you something. It is worth it. It is worth it, you guys. In verse 5, Peter gives us a third reason to have joy. He says we are guarded by God's power through our faith. Man, that is awesome right there. God is our guard, and he is powerful. He is all-powerful, isn't he? He's our protector. He's our defender. He is all of that. In John chapter 10, Jesus says he, meaning his father, is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand, Scripture says. That means that as a child of God, no one can take you from the Father's hand because he is our guard. Not even Satan himself can take him this away from us. He can't do it. There is no one more powerful than God himself. Man, that popsicle looks really good right about now. Man, it looks good. Is that really good, that popsicle? Is it? <laughs> You're so cute. There is no one no more powerful than him, and that is the reason to have joy right there. He's our guard. Now, the fourth reason to have joy, you probably are not going to like. I'm just going to warn you, but here it is. It's in verses 6 and 7. It says this. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven carriage of your faith more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, trials aren't fun, are they? Come on, I don't like trials. They can be painful. But Peter is telling us that we can rejoice when we have trials because trials are what refine our faith, like that gold through the refiner's fire. It's the fires of life that we go through that refine our faith. They ultimately make us stronger. And they ultimately make us like Jesus. And this is very similar to what James says in James chapter 1, verse 2, when he says, consider it all joy. How many of you heard that verse? Man, that is a hard verse to swallow, isn't it? Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. We don't rejoice because of the pain in our trials. We rejoice because of the purpose behind them. God often uses trials in our life to make us more like Jesus. That's what's going on. 
it's our sanctification process. We're becoming more and more holy the more we dig into our, into our Savior, Jesus. We become like him. That is the refining fire that Peter's talking about here in our text. And this is very difficult to grasp. It takes maturity to grasp that, to understand, hey, God is using those trials. Remember, he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Didn't say all things are good. He says he's working it all out for his good, right? So the fifth and final reason to have joy comes from verses 8 and 9 in our text. It says, though you've not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, it is a relationship with Jesus that brings true and lasting joy. It's not rules. It's not religion. It's a relationship. The Lord wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants that. In Psalm 1611, King David says, In your presence is fullness of joy. It's in the presence of God that we experience the fullness of joy. You want to know something cool? Scripture also tells us, for where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in our midst. He's here, guys. He's right here in our midst because we are gathered today to worship him. Because he's in our presence, we can have fullness of joy. How many of you leave here on a Wednesday night and your love tank and all that is full because of the fullness of joy? Yeah, it makes a difference fellowshipping with other, with other believers and stuff all around the Lord God. But it's his presence is what brings the fullness of joy. That's the key to having absolute joy is being in the presence of God. In John chapter 15, Jesus uses the analogy of him as a true vine. A vine and we are the branches. He goes on and talks about this and he talks about how we are to remain in him. Over and over in that chapter, he talks about remaining in him. Did you know this is the essence of being a remnant people? Remaining in Jesus. No matter what life throws your way, no matter what obstacles that you've got to go through, remaining in Jesus is what it's all about. That's what remnant people do. They remain. So when when you do, you are going to be full of joy. You want your joy to be full? Then remain in Jesus. Get into his word. Get into his presence. Then your joy will be full. Now, as Christ followers, there are five reasons that we can have joy that we saw in our text. Number one was we have a new birth into a living hope. Being born again right there in and of itself is reason for joy. Number two, we have a perfect inheritance waiting for us in in heaven that is perfect. It's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. Hebrews 12, 2 says that Jesus, right, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It's a lesson for you and I to endure no matter what. Looking to the other side of that circumstance because that's where the joy is like Jesus did. Number three, we are being guarded by God's power through our faith. We got an all-powerful God, you guys. You got a care or a need, you put it at his feet and let him take care of it. He says, cast all, my, all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And number four, God is refining our faith by making us more like Jesus. This is the one that hurts. That's that refiner's fire we talked about. And number five, we've got a relationship with Jesus. So no matter what you're going through in life, these are things that you can look back on. You can remind yourself, these are reasons that I can have joy. And no one can take that from you. 
There's no joy sucker out there that can take this from you, all right? You don't need to let them because you should choose joy. We choose joy. So if you're looking for joy today, if you need joy, don't focus on joy. Focus on Jesus because he is the source of joy. He's the source. And I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, it's not so much the joy of the Lord we're seeking as the Lord of joy himself. Man, isn't that good? That's who we're seeking, the Lord of joy. It's our relationship with Jesus that brings true and lasting joy. He was a joy sower. He chose joy. So will you? Will you choose joy? Don't be a joy sucker. Be a joy sower. And sow that into other people's lives and all those that are are around you, okay? Let's pray. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, we thank you that we have joy in you. You are our source of joy. And we thank you, Jesus, that no matter what's going on in life, we can look to you because you are our rock. You are our redeemer. And so there may be somebody here today going through some really tough times right now. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would pour into their life, that you would fill them with your joy. Because we know your word says if we will trust you, we will have joy. And in your presence is fullness of joy. So if you're here today and maybe you've never experienced the joy that Jesus has. Maybe you want that relationship with him, but you've just not taken that step of faith to say, yes, Lord, come into my life. I want that. If that's you, I want to pray for you tonight. I want to offer this invitation that if you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior now, today is the day of salvation. Today's the day to do that. So just slip up your hand. I will pray for you. Anyone want to meet Jesus today, to ask them to come into their heart today? Anyone? Do you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart today and you want to say yes to that? Okay, others of you may be here and you're like, you know, this really resonates with me. I've been kind of a sourpuss. I've had a little sour face on and I need joy in my life. I got to remind myself I need joy. And these things are things I can take, put handles on and walk away with and do something with because I know that my faith, my faith in Jesus can bring me joy. And you say, yes, I want to have more joy. Is that you? All right, I see you, Paul, raising your hands in the back. Praise the Lord. Bunch of you with hands up, so let's pray. Father, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage us by faith to have joy and that we would have so much joy that it would overflow and be contagious to all those people around us, especially to those that don't know you. They would look at us and go, how in the world did they have that kind of joy going through that circumstance? Our lives can be a witness. Lord, would you help us to do that? Would you help us, Father, to remember that we were made in your image and that we need you? And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if you're here and you'd like some personal prayer and you want to come forward after we're done and you need prayer, I I encourage you, come find me. Or find anyone else that's here that could pray with you. Janet will pray with you. Ken will pray with you. I know there's others here. Don't leave here without somebody praying over you, whatever that circumstance is. Okay? If you've got, thank you for the music. Man, you cued it right at the right time. (laughs) I can tell you that the Bible tells us, right, that we can ask for forgiveness for whatever we're going through. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But you want to know where the healing comes in? The healing comes when we confess our sins to one another, the word says. So if you've got baggage that you're carrying around today, and you need the Lord Jesus to lift that baggage, he will. But I tell you, if you confess it to one another, if you confess it to someone who will pray with you, that's where the healing is. All right? Anyone need prayer today? Want to come forward and get prayer?
Come on, anybody? Trey? Okay, sweet. The rest of you, if you don't mind, just pray at your seat, and um, I'm going to pray with them.